The very idea of law originates in men's natural rights. There is no other standard than natural rights by which civil law can be measured. Law has always been the name of that rule or principle of justice which protects those rights. Thus, we speak of natural law. Lysander Spooner Hello, anyone out there that's listening. This is another Natural Law podcast episode on Anchor Spotify. This is episode number 72. It's April 2022. My name is Bill Hoy. My website is willhoy.com, W-I-L-L-H-O-E-Y.com. And once again, Natural Law, episode 72. My name's Bill Hoy, and the title for next, uh, the last episode, and this episode, and next upcoming episodes, at least so I think, at least I know for the past episode and this episode, it's walking the tightrope, talking about walking the tightrope between right and wrong. And um, let's see, the, just want to mention the interview with a childcare worker is being pushed back. The childcare worker wants to wait till she finish, finishes school. So it's going to be a couple, maybe uh, probably June when it happens. And actually the child care worker and I are talking and it looks like this may be a little mini series in itself. Maybe a little series kind of like what Ocelli did with Jordan Maxwell. They had 24 uh, series episodes, that's at least to my knowledge, and uh, this is not going to be that many. <laughs> maybe three, maybe five at the most, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so, just wanted to mention that. Um, what I mentioned there in the beginning, that was Lysander Spooner's quote. It's from his book, The Unconstitutionality of Slavery. And I mentioned that in some of my works, my natural law presentation, and my natural law episode one podcast talked about that quote and that quote for the upcoming walking the tightrope episodes is I'm gonna that that quote's gonna be a centerpiece because the next the next episode maybe two is gonna be about a justice system and having a real justice system and just want to mention, I've been summoned, like the slave that I am, for jury duty. This time, not the state courts, was the last time, this time in the federal courts, and I'm going to talk about that. I'm not going to get into that now. But yes, summoned, that's what summons means. The king summons people. That's what a summons is. 
I'm being summoned. Like a slave, like a servant. Summoned. Um, so I'm going to get into that. And it's kind of fitting because I was just getting ready to start talking about having a real justice system. And then all of a sudden I got this letter by the hypocritical, contradictory, fake justice system that's predicated in ruling class. But I'll get into that in the next episode. That's not for now. But Spooner's quote is going to be, the quote I just read is going to be a centerpiece of having a real justice system, folks. Uh, we can have a justice system. We can have justice systems. I'm going to get into that in the next episode. So that was Spooner's quote, which is a centerpiece of this whole series. And then I just want to read another bullet point. The mainstream news is narrative of the Russia versus Ukraine situation cannot be trusted, folks. No one truly knows what's going on in that region of the world. Okay? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I just got to keep repeating this because what you're hearing in the news is, is all theater, just about. It's all theater. And I'm not favoring Russia or I folks this this podcast is about natural behavior laws do not initiate physical harm to another sentient being do not support the initiation of physical harm to other sentient beings the Russians the Russian rulers and their order followers are initiating harm to other sentient beings many different factions within the Ukrainian uh, area that are you that are aligned with American interests are initiating physical harm to other sentient beings. We don't need this. We don't need this shit, folks. We don't need this stuff. We can do this ourselves. And that's what walking the tightrope's about. That's what walking the tightrope's about. About it's about doing this ourselves. We can be we have to we have to we have to accept our responsibilities. That freedom is about us being responsible for maintaining that freedom. So I am going to get into some articles uh, that I submitted. And I'll just read from a bullet point. I will read from my article titled Freedom versus Tyranny. We have a choice. This was the article that was printed in the commentary section of the LBI sandpaper. And I've even found this on the internet under my name, Bill Hoy, and this freedom versus tyranny comes up. We have a choice once again. The it was not me that made that title. It's very very clever. That's uh, the uh, editor, I guess I'm assuming, of the LBI Sand paper made that title. Very clever title. Wonderful title. Um, so without further ado, I'll read that article. Does anyone notice that America is becoming more totalitarian? Does anyone care? Tyranny is flourishing in the United States because Americans are not aligning their behaviors with natural behavior laws. Most Americans do not even know these laws exist. Laws are fixed, inherent, immutable, and unalienable principles. Humans cannot make laws. Humans cannot change or eliminate laws. 
Humans make rules and call them laws. Laws of behavior apply to all humans. Physical laws, such as gravity and thermodynamics, cannot be changed or altered by humans. This is the same with behavioral laws. The results of natural laws exist whether humans know, understand, and align with these laws or not. Humans have the gift of free will. Natural behavioral laws work in two ways. The amount of freedom in a society is proportionate to the amount of objective moral behavior in a society. Conversely, the amount of slavery is proportionate to the amount of immoral behavior in a society. Morality is objective. A moral behavior is any action that does not initiate physical harm to another sentient being. This includes behaviors that support the initiation of physical harm to others. This is not pacifism. We choose to either align with the laws of freedom or not. I could refuse to align with the law of gravity and walk off a four-story building. No matter what happens, I'm going to fall to my death. Even if I have a propulsion device, at some point I will descend to the surface of the earth. Gravity is constant. Gravitational force can be different due to the masses of objects and the distances between them. However, gravity itself is always present and constant throughout the whole universe. The results of behavioral laws can be different depending on how much or how little humans align with these laws individually. The results can also vary depending on how many people in a large society align or do not align with behavioral laws. The results of behavioral laws are most visible in large societies over long periods of time. Compare the levels of freedom in America starting in the 1980s to the present day. Observe how over a period of 40 years, America slowly became less free. This is how natural behavioral laws work. The founders of America had a good understanding of these laws. In the Declaration of Independence, it says, all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Rights do not come from kings or governments. Only privileges come from a ruling class. Driving is a right. A license to drive is a privilege giving a person permission to engage in the right to travel freely. Natural rights are birthrights endowed by the Creator or God. This is not a religion. To be clear, the founders of America were not completely enlightened. Abhorred practices such as the slavery of dark-skinned people and the destruction of the original Americans was common. However, these nefarious activities had been going on for thousands of years. The founders of America were not going to change this overnight. However, what the founders did was give information to the public about the truth of natural behavior laws. For the first time in history, a nation was founded on the principle that human beings do not have the right to rule over other human beings. This was a great start. Okay. So there... There was that article, and I just want to say, just want to say something to the the I, I guess the editor of the LBI Sandpaper. Just I wish there was other articles that I submitted. I really wish would have gotten in, and there are two uh, letters to editors that I submitted that hopefully maybe will get in, but. Even if that doesn't happen, I just want to give the editor of the LBI Sandpaper credit 
for putting that article in there, man. That that's. I think her name is Gail. Gail, you, you have no idea what a great service to humanity you did by putting that letter in your newspaper. I'm telling you. I don't think you even. I mean, that was a great title. You 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 made for that article. I was just gonna call it. I just called it Natural Behavior Laws, but that was a great title you made for it. And I do think. I do think you, I'm um, addressing you, Gail, from the LBI Sandpaper, I do think you, 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 I think you know it's true, or at least you're, you're open to it, and that's, that's a great thing, and, and putting, putting that article in that newspaper was one of the best things you probably ever did in your life. I can tell you doing this work's the best thing I've ever done in my life, so. Now, the uh, subtitle to this uh, Walking the Tightrope episode is The Resistance to Freedom, and now I'm going to get into The Resistance to Freedom. Let's take a sip of my coffee here. I will read the response to my article from Ralph Thayer. This was printed in the sandpaper. You can look at that. You can look that up in the LBI sandpaper. Go to, I think it's the opinion section, and March 2nd. And yes, I'm saying I'm saying this guy's name, Ralph Thayer, and I want to be clear that I'm not busting this guy out or anything. This this is a matter of public record. You can look his article up, and his name will be right there. So this is all public. My name's on my article. His name's on his. This is all public. This is public. I'm not busting this guy out or anything like that. This 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 is this is public shit. Okay. And uh, this is the resistance to freedom. And Ralph, it's unfortunate. Ralph uh, definitely does not even want to uh, look into the possibility that the things in my article could be true, and they are true. But want to be clear, folks. This is not about me just going after Ralph to, to break his balls or something. This, this is not about that. This isn't about Ralph. Okay, and I'm going to go to the bullet point. I think I explained this in the bullet point. People read articles and only focus on things that conflict with their worldviews. That's, that, that's what I think Ralph's situation is. Ralph's responses clearly show that he contradicts himself you know, many times. Ralph thinks he is destroying my talking points. However, paradoxically, he is actually proving my points to be correct. There are a few instances where he repeats, in his words, many of the points I describe. In my opinion, his tone is cynical, and he is making it obvious that he is mocking my article. Most people who are brainwashed like Ralph would laugh with him at my expense. Okay? Notice I said with him. Most people like Ralph would definitely be laughing right alongside of him at my article. And I'm telling you, just like I said to the editor, Gail, I think that's her, her name, I think. Um, even if I'm going wrong, the editor of the LBI Sandpaper, you did, you did a great thing and I'm telling you, don't let these people stray you away from investigating and observing and discovering into natural law. And 
I just, I just can't, I just really want to mention that, but th there you have it. W most people like Ralph would laugh at him and folks, I'm going to get into this. I'm going to explain why I'm reading these articles and stuff like that. But with these articles, like in the last article, I'm just going to be reading through it. I'm not going to be making comments, maybe a, maybe a word or two comment. But I'm just reading these articles and and like my first article and this one, you decide for yourself. You decide for yourself what you think. Um, and uh, I am going to be doing a further breakdown of Ralph's article in a video. And I know I've been working on a, a Christianity is a Sham Part 2, which Ralph does, uh, you'll see, he puts in a biblical references there. I'm, I'm betting he's a, he's a Christian in name only. Um, but uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm just going to read the article for you and let you decide for yourself. But I am going to be do, doing a video breakdown. But as far as the Christianity is a sham part two video, I haven't gotten to releasing that yet. Uh, I'm not sure whether I like it or not. Um, so let me just read Ralph's article now and check it out. This, this is a good one. All right, this is Ralph Thayer's response to my article here. Let's uh, enlarge this. There we go. Okay. And here it is, uh, taking freedom to extremes. Have we lost our minds? Feedback. It's March 2nd by Ralph Thayer. In response to the February Two column, freedom versus tyranny, we have a choice. Much as I would like to believe that humankind has a natural moral compass leading to an agreed upon standard of natural law, I would think our history proves otherwise. War and subjugation of others are as old as Cain and Abel, if you want to get if you want to be biblical about it, and humans have brought destruction to a high art. The founding fathers didn't invent inalienable rights, the so called natural laws. They cribbed it from John Locke, who borrowed it from St. Thomas Aquinas, who likely expanded the ideas of Cicero, who grabbed it from the Greek philosophers. Well, somebody's got to learn about something somewhere, right? There has always been a hope by people of good will that others will do the right thing always. People don't hence the ongoing rebellions against despots, kings, dictators, and lousy bosses. Luke 6.31 doesn't even work. I hear the word tyranny being raised up as if anything that abridges a person's freedom of movement or choice is somehow an illicit attack on their very being. We are all familiar with the phrase, in quotes, your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. You can make the moral argument that no one has the right to swing their fist in the first place, but it still happens on a regular basis, along with shooting, stabbings, beatings, etc. Proving the need for a positive law to control that negative. Let me move this on here. I don't know what happened to that. So that part of the article seems to have disappeared. But I'll just continue on with what I got here. Sure, everyone has free will, but where does that lead us as a society when people determine that their vision of freedom means that they want to carry around a firearm and point it at other people, just in case those people might be a threat? 
or beyond that, pull the trigger. Who just lost their freedom? The person lying on the ground in a pool of blood or the shooter? Was the choice to pull a trigger, the trigger a moral one? On what basis? Yes, I deliberately chose to go there because much of the talk of tyranny revolves around the federal government deliberately trying to keep people healthy, well, and grounded in reality. <laughs> That's scary. Never would I have believed that individual states would deliberately codify into law the notion that one citizen could kill another with no repercussions based on a perceived threat. Yet that is what we have in 22 of 50 states with the proliferation of the castle doctrine. I don't even know what that is. Missouri is taking it to the next level with the introduction of a bill that even one of their prosecutors deemed a make murder legal act. Have we lost our collective minds? Why would anyone want to be a member of a police force in a state that's eager to revert back to the Wild West? Oh, there's an exception to the bill. You'll go to jail if you shoot the police. Anyone else is fair game? I don't know. I, I would have to say this would have to be uh, uh, vetted here because uh, uh, he's making a lot of claims here. But once again, I'm just reading the article. You decide for yourself. Never would I have believed that teachers and medical workers will come under attack based on a belief that teaching actual history, tending to mental health and well-being, or offering a potential life-saving vaccine, mm -hmm, take, uh, key, key note there, was an infringement upon freedom. What's even more disturbing is that those fulminating these attacks are not passive parties simply passing on information. They are people and organizations deliberately passing on disinformation to a gull gullible populace and making a ton of money doing it. You know, like people like me, right, Ralph? I'm making a ton of money. In this information age, it doesn't matter if the information is true or not. What matters is how many eyeballs you can get glued to your screen and how many donations you can collect. Yeah, just like uh, CNN, right, Ralph? And MSNBC? Okay. Yes, our nation's founders believed in the principle of individual rights and freedoms. Unfortunately, definition of the individual at the time did not include women, tribal nations, or any person who was not free. As, in quote. As originally written, only men 21 years of age or older who owned land could vote, and the Constitution stayed that way until 1870. Consider that the original people of the U.S., Native Americans, didn't get the right of uh, citizenship or the right to vote until 1924, four years after women broke through the barrier metaphor. It, it was another 46 years before a woman could get a credit card, <laughs> like you would want one, or a loan without her father's or husband's signature. Now, if that wasn't tyranny, I must have the wrong dictionary. Just having a sip of my coffee. Yeah, this is, this is good stuff. Tyranny is not taking a hold of the nation. Okay. Although there are folks desperately trying on the state level to make tyranny great again, see, he's a leftist, banning books, restricting women's health choices, restricting voter access, demonizing religious choices, all smack of tyranny. What has taken hold is the desire of too many to refer back to times when women were not allowed to vote and considered to be wards of their husbands, when streets were free of people of color, and you can dump trash in the ocean and pollutants in the waterways. I don't know, maybe he doesn't know that there's a... a a garbage island the size of Texas out in uh, the Pacific Ocean currently. The fiction of voter fraud has been raised to allow disenfranchising millions of their right to vote, as if they would really want to, as some, as if that even matters anyway, as if, as some feeble protests such as 
If my candidate of choice doesn't win because of the ideas they present, then somehow the system has to be twisted and maneuvered into letting them win anyway, like the Russia scandal. Right there, Ralph? The definition of tyranny is cruel, unreasonable, or arbitrary use of power or control. It seems the current crop of voter suppression laws fits that definition pretty well. Who will that benefit? Clearly, we are living in a time that has heaped burden upon burden on the shoulders of the middle class. It does at times feel out of control. Is there still a middle class? I don't know, Ralph. But the answer is not to burn down the law and declare every individual nation unto oneself. That's anarchy. Uh-oh, can't have that. The solution is electing a government or of representatives that recognizes it exists to serve the common good and makes the laws that work for all, not just the power and the wealthy, not not just the powerful and the wealthy, not just for a political party. Okay, let's move on. No, the founding fathers did not write a constitution to validate libertarianism. They did write a document that outlined a blueprint for how a nation could govern itself without a king and wrote into that document the way to change it through amendments as times demanded it. The rule of law means we do have to live a life within its constraints. Do we really want to live in a nation where anyone gets to do their own thing, no matter the impact on their neighbor? And this article, let me just reduce this. And this, uh, I am going to do a much, much further breakdown of this of this article uh, in a video I'm gonna do because this article is definitely this definitely this article definitely represents what millions of people think tens of millions of th people think and uh, this is definitely worth uh, looking at and I, I think I might have missed a couple things in the article I, I, I don't I think I might have missed a couple things um, the articles on, on the internet you know, I, I said the title, and it's it's the LBA sand pa LBI sandpaper, and so. All right. Okay, there it is, and you decide for yourself what you think. Once again, I'm going to be doing a further breakdown of that article in a video that I'll be doing, but uh, for now. I'm just going through the articles you decide for yourself. So I'm going to read my response to Ralph's article. And I submitted this to the sandpaper. And so far it has not been printed. And just by the way, the LBI sandpaper is a little local newspaper. I, I think I mentioned that. The, I, I don't think I've ever mentioned, I don't know if I've ever mentioned the name of this newspaper. I've submitted uh, letters to editors to many other newspapers. Uh, I, and the LBI sandpaper is not the only um a newspaper that I submit letters to editors to, but um, it's it's a local it's a local paper, but that's what I try to do, folks. I try to reach my local people as well as people of the world. So once again, I submitted this to the sandpaper, and so far it has not been printed. And you know, once again. Um, it's too bad. I really would have liked, I actually submitted, I, I think I might have mentioned this, but I'm just going to mention this again. I submitted a, once again, that first article I read, my article that was titled Freedom versus Tyranny, was based in the non-aggression principle, and I really wanted 
the editor of the LBI Sandpaper to print the second component of natural behavior laws. I've been through this, which is the self-defense principle. I put that out there, but hasn't gotten in. And once again, folks, there's a lot of things that go into printing of articles. I would just like to think that it's just a situation where they have too much to print and they just can't get it in. I'm hoping that I haven't been canceled. I, I don't know who that Ralph Thayer is really and I'm really not interested in looking into him. Once again, this isn't about Ralph. This is about the millions of people who think like Ralph. I'm going to get to that. But it hasn't been printed and I mean, uh, and once again, I, I, I'll give them credit there at the sandpaper for at least putting in that first one. And they put in some other ones as well. Some pretty harsh uh, articles criticizing taxation and stuff like that. So, hey, I, I, I'll, give, I'll give them credit where credit is due. So here's uh, my response to Ralph. Ralph said... In response to the February 2 column, Freedom versus Tyranny, we have a choice. Much as I would like to believe that humankind has a natural moral compass, I would think our history proves otherwise. I responded, For starters, human beings do not have a natural moral compass. Objective morality is not an innate characteristic of humans. Additionally, violence is not a natural characteristic of humans either. Human beings must be conditioned into aligning with the law, natural laws of objective morality. Natural behavior laws exist universally along with the laws of gravity. Next, in reference to human history, our history proves, in quotes, that natural behavioral laws exist. As a society becomes more immoral, that society will become more enslaved, chaotic, and violent. In Matthew 7.16 it says, You shall know them by their fruits. The violence in human history, in brackets, the fruits, is proof that humans have not chosen to align with the natural behavior laws of freedom. Next, Ralph says, War and subjugation are as old as Cain and Abel if you want to get biblical about it, and humans have brought destruction to a high art. I respond, Yes, you are correct. This is because the ruling classes of ancient history have withheld vital information from the public and propagated false teachings. For example, in Romans 13 it says, God has ordained this government. This is false. Hitherto today in our societal institutions are still misleading the public. If people knew, understood, and aligned their behaviors with natural behavioral laws, the horrors of the past would not have happened. So, Ralph then says, The Founding Fathers didn't invent inalienable rights, the so-called natural laws. I respond, Yes, I know. Inalienable rights are universal and inherent. Then Ralph says, I hear the word tyranny being raised up as if anything that abridges a person's freedom of movement or choice is somehow an attack on their very being. I respond, yes, tyranny occurs when people restrict other people's freedoms. 
The only exception is when a person is initiating aggression towards others. When a person initiates aggression towards others, they forfeit their right to remain free. Refusing to wear a mask is not an initiation of aggression. And then Ralph says, sure, everyone has free will, but where does that lead us as a society when people determine that their vision of freedom means that they want to carry around a firearm and point it at other people just in case those people might be a threat? I respond, who are these individuals that would supposedly point firearms at people? Street thugs have been known to point guns at people. The police point guns at people from time to time. A person's, in quotes, vision of freedom should be aligned with objective morality. Morality is objective. We need to teach our children natural behavior laws during their formative years. Unfortunately, children are taught subjective morals and blind obedience to authority. This is why people grow up to have their own visions of freedom. Ralph then says, much of the talk about tyranny revolves around the federal government deliberately trying to keep people healthy, well, and grounded in reality. I respond, anyone who blindly thinks that the federal government exists to keep people healthy and well is not grounded in reality. There is abundance of data in the U.S. government's records, and that's uh, FOIA, VAERS, PubMed, that's Freedom of Information Act, uh, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, PubMed, the peer-reviewed uh, publications, uh, science, uh, science uh, um, research, that proves, I think I should put an S there, that proves my assertion. Next, Ralph says, yes, our nation's founders believed in a principle of individual rights and freedoms. I respond, I agree with this. Next, Ralph says, unfortunately, the definition of the individual, he puts it in quotes, at that time did not include women, tribal nations, or in quote, he puts in quotes, any person who was not free. And then I respond, yes, I know. I mentioned this in the original article. Are you sure you read the article? Next, Ralph says, tyranny has not taken hold of the nation, although there are folks desperately trying on the state level to make tyranny great again. And I respond, this sounds like a reference to politics. I am not political. Politics is primarily a left, right, divide, and conquer strategy based in subjective morals. Then Ralph says, do we really want to live in a nation where anyone gets to do their own thing no matter the impact on their neighbor? I respond, what do you mean by, in quotes, impact on their neighbor? Is this a reference to the health mandates? This thought is based in fear. There are ways to deal with people who transgress against others. In all fairness, it is not unreasonable to, it is not unreasonable to be concerned about the behaviors of others. However, when people decide to give up their rights in exchange for safety, this creates violence and slavery. Ralph says, no, the founding fathers did not write a constitution to validate libertarianism. And then I respond, what is wrong with libertarianism? I would assume you favor the left side of politics. Wouldn't that make you a liberal? Liberal values used to be similar to libertarian values. Okay, so let's get into the bulk content here after reading those articles. Um, this is the resistance to freedom.
And I'm just going to get right to the bullet points. I'll give an explanation for reading these articles. The first article describes the esoteric knowledge of freedom and morality, which is once again, that was centered in the non-aggression principle. And I really wanted, I was really hoping they were going to print that article about the self-defense principle. I was really hoping, but so far, no dice. But anyway, continuing on, Ralph's response describes how most people in America and the world feel. That, that, that's what it was about. That's that's once again not about Ralph. Just adjusting my microphone. Yeah, nothing about this. This isn't a personal attack on Ralph, man. This, this is. There are, I'm just going to continue. I would be willing to bet the sentiments expressed in Ralph's article represent at least 50 million Americans. I wouldn't be surprised. At least 50 million Americans. If not, I'd be willing to bet somebody in there, outside in their muscle car. Um, I don't know if you heard that, but... um. I'd be willing to bet 25 million Americans at least would absolutely agree with everything that Ralph said. And I'd be willing to bet there's another 25 million that would agree with most of what Ralph said. Then I'd be willing to bet there's another 25 million that would agree with maybe half of what Ralph said. And then I'd be willing to bet there's probably another 25 that agree with a couple of the main points of, of, of that Ralph said. And I'm not saying everything Ralph said was false. It, it wasn't. You know, Ralph said some stuff that were true, but I'm talking about Ralph's ideological beliefs. Okay, and and really, I really, I re, I would really say people who definitely the the people who like the 25 million that absolutely would agree all the way with Ralph are absolutely self-loathing, absolutely self-loathing because they're people who hate free will. Like, I mean, what was his title? Uh, freedom to extremes. Have we gone crazy or something like that? Um, taking freedom to extremes. Folks, it's, uh, I think I have this, uh, I'm just looking at my bullet points here. So I think I covered this. Hold on one second. My dog's coming downstairs to terrorize the place. All right, so I got distracted there. So I kind of forget what I was specifically talking about, but it really wasn't much, uh, I'm sure. But I'm just going to continue. This, see, these these people, these people are self-loathing and. They hate themselves. This is this is my take on it. They they hate free will. They hate the fact that we have free will. Free will is is, is ours, folks. It's it's a gift to us. And I'm going to get into it. Let me let me go to my bullet point here. And and well, I'll start with the bullet bullet point. Walking the tightrope. Once again, I got my bullet points for those of you who can see the video version. But for those of you who can, I'll I'll, I'll just I'll just uh, verbally give these bullet points to you. Walking the tightrope has everything to do with free will. That's what walking the tightrope's about. 
Okay, walk in the tightrope. In order, what, what does free will have to do with walking a tightrope between right and wrong? And, and once again, what is walking a tightrope again? Walking a tightrope between right and wrong. That, that means we start walking that middle ground and we start, we start doing the work that needs to be done to focus, understanding that morality is objective, understanding that a ruling class is not a legitimate construct, understanding what objective morality is, do not initiate physical harm to another sentient being, do not, do not support the initiation of physical harm to other sentient beings, and we start there. We just understand that and understand that we have free will. Free will is ours. We're all free, but we have to, we have to, we have to align our behaviors with objective morals and where we humans, we humans, Americans, I'll speak for Americans once again, but this applies to the world. We have to, I mean, I know and understand we, we as humans have been in this spell of human rulership for thousands of years. And I know people are just not going to be ready to just drop that whole idea, but we can start, we can start understanding what I just described, the objective morals. We can start understanding that we have free will. We are free, but in order to have a truly free society, we have to align our behaviors with objective morals. And our whole society is pretty much predicated on not doing that, all subjective morals. So we have to start somewhere and we start on the tightrope. We start walking that tightrope and meaning people just get together or people in their, in their own minds or, 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 or just know that, hey, you know what? 80,000 SWAT team raids, we got to chop that down. Okay, just those SWAT team raids, an example. We have to chop that down. The only time we should be kicking anyone's door in is if we really know there's a serious situation going on there and, and that people are either having harm initiated to them, or there's a person that's in, in that structure that it has definitely initiated physical harm to others and needs to be stopped. And I'm gonna to get to that when I start talking about justice, but I'm gonna go go back to my bullet point. See, with, 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 once again, this is about the resistance to freedom. And the resistance to freedom starts in resisting the fact that we have free will. And people don't want that. People don't want that free will. I really think most of these people, especially the people who absolutely agree with Ralph, just do, don't even want their free will. They don't even want it. They don't want it. And not only don't they want it, but like Ralph's article, they'll laugh at it. I think it's a joke. They think it's funny. So let me continue with the bullet point. And let's start over with my bullet point. Walking the tightrope has everything to do with free will. It is correct to be extreme about objective morality, which leads to freedom. Yes, yes. It is correct to be extreme about objective morality, folks. It is absolutely correct. 
and we can start walking that tightrope and start getting more comfortable with being extreme about objective morality. We can start with little things, you know, that we're comfortable with. Maybe per se, just changing certain rules in our society to align more with objective morality, small little things, nothing big and dramatic. And, and once again, I think in my justice, yeah, in, in justice, I, I don't want to promise anything, but in the justice part, which the episode's coming up, I'm going to get into specific things. This is going to be, there's going to be a lot to this series because I'm, I'm really going to have to, I, I, obviously what I'm saying, it, 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 what I just said needs some specific examples, more specific examples, and I'm definitely going to get into that. This is, once again, folks, I'm, you know, I'm working a 40 hour work week in a grueling job in a restaurant. And I know there's others of you out there that are doing the same thing. I'm doing, trying to do this great work and I'm on limited time to do this work and it's tough. And I know there's others of you out there doing this work that are in that situation. And I know you know how that feels. It's fucking rough, man. Once again, that's what they, the ruling class, want. They want us. They want me working at this restaurant for for a pittance, and 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 beating myself up to where I'm tired, too tired to do this work. That's what they want. They, the ruling class. I've been over who the they are. Um. So let me just get back to my lesson. So it is correct to be extreme about objective morality, which leads to freedom. Morality direct is directly proportionate with freedom. That's what my article, original article was about. And of course, Ralph, and I'm sure to many people that laugh with Ralph at my article, completely missed that. So continuing from the bullet point, when Ralph describes freedom to extremes, he is describing moral relativism. And I would say unbeknownst to him, I don't think he even realizes it. What Ralph and the other tens of millions to hundreds of millions of Americans who either think exactly the same as Ralph, along with the Americans who may agree with most or part of Ralph's response, do not know is that free will is a gift from the creator. It's a bit of a run on there. But uh, once again, these are show notes, folks. This is, um, I'm not writing a, this isn't an APA paper being presented for peer review or anything. So if, if once again, continuing from the bullet points, if the creator were to have humans born automatically with the innate characteristic, characteristic of objective morality, that would not be freedom. The ruling class mimics this scenario artificially. Okay. Um, you have to understand that the creator made it so that we humans, beings with the capability for higher intelligence, are born automatically with free will. Okay, the, the the creator didn't just have humans born with the objective innate behaviors aligning with objective morality because that would not be freedom, folks. 
That would not be freedom. The creator, God, but the creator of the universe gave, I'll just say, I mean, I'll, I'll say all beings with the capability of higher intelligence, but really all I know is just humans, okay? So humans, for, for a fact, what I can prove factually, is with humans, we have the, we have free will because if the creator didn't give us that, then we wouldn't be free. So we have to make a choice. That's what you know, freedom versus tyranny. We have a choice that the editor of the sandpaper made up. Great title. I, I just can't get over that. That's such a great title. Um, so I'm just going to continue reading from my bullet points, okay? The ruling class mimics this scenario artificially. The, what I mean by that is, <clears throat> in the past, the ruling class, they have the knowledge of, of, of objective morality, natural behavioral laws, and non-aggression principle, self-defense principle. They have all these, they have all this knowledge. They have all this knowledge about human psychology and how we all, where we all come from. Once again, I've been, I've been over who the ruling class is, the they, the high priests in the Vatican, Mecca, Jerusalem, the royals, all that the 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 wealthy industrialists okay um they have this knowledge and they basically give it out to us humans in piecemeal to keep us in a sense from completely destroying ourselves kind of artificially giving us some pieces of how to live in a, in some small accordance with natural behavioral laws but over time it seems like the ruling class has been getting sick of us and they realize that there's too many humans on the planet to control so that's becoming a problem for them I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into that. Okay, I just, that, that's just what I meant by the ruling class mimics this scenario artificially, and that's a whole another. That's a whole another podcast in itself. But maybe a series. But um, I, I just want to continue with my uh, uh, bullet points. Walking the tightrope is about acknowledging that free will exists, and that is what freedom means. Freedom means free will. That's what freedom means. Freedom means free will. Once again, let me tell you something. All I'm asking of people is just to start understanding this stuff. Just start understanding these natural behavioral laws and what they're about. Just start understanding that. Just start knowing and understanding. And walking a tightrope is about starting to align with that. Walking a tightrope is about is a harm reduction strategy. Start eliminating behaviors that initiate harm, physical harm to other sentient beings. Start, start, start removing support for behaviors that initiate physical harm to other sentient beings. It's not that fucking hard. It's not that fucking hard. And we can have justice systems that are aligned with natural justice, like Spooner's quote. And I'm going to talk about that. Um, so, next, 
I'm reading from my bullet points. Humans must use their free will to align with objective morality and punish those who do not wish to align with IMOM objective morality. Okay? People like Ralph want to use the violence of a governmental ruling class to coerce people into aligning with his subjective worldviews. Uh, that's, 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 and, and from what I think, Ralph is on the left side of the political divide and conquer strategy. But that's that's both sides of that political divide and conquer strategy. And and once again, walking a tightrope is definitely a big start with walking a tightrope is about walking away, withdrawing support for the left right paradigm. And folks, I'm all about ending the belief in government, period. But I understand. I mean, obviously, from Ralph's article, we got at least the whole entire world isn't ready to let go of this belief. Okay, let's just be fucking honest. All right. And so I'm just trying to gather my thoughts here. I, I sometimes I think of like many thoughts at one time. But I don't want to go in different directions. I don't want to go. I really want to try to stay on point here and not go off on tangents and, and stuff like that. But walking the tightrope starts with understanding, with, with, with coming down and, and saying, hey, morality is objective. We're going to start right there. Morality is objective. And we start there and we start just, just, once again, doing some things that, that, that may, we're comfortable with. Start changing some rules. I mentioned this, but I'm going to mention this again. This is what walking the tightrope is about. Start changing some rules called laws or whatever rules in our societies we have that, that initiate physical harm to other sentient beings and start changing that to where we either eliminate those rules or change them to where they do not initiate harm to other sentient beings. We, we, we can do this. We can do this. We can have this. But there's just too many people out there. And where I was going with is, is both sides of the left-right paradigm, especially, are people who just want to use violence to enforce their subjective views. And some of their subjective views are aligned in, in, in some are aligned with objective morality there. Once again, it's all piecemeal. It's like a, it's like a, it's a big garbled mess because there is some parts of the justice system that are aligned with objective morality. There is some parts of what people want in our society and, and the rules that are, that are passed that are aligned with objective morality. But once again, you can't enforce objective morality because that's not freedom. You can't you can't enforce objective morality. Objective morality is is something that we have to align with. We align with it, and when people transgress against others, we punish them. It's that simple. But for people who just can't walk away from the whole idea of having a what's called government, which is the whole world, we can at least move away from these left, like here uh, with the example in the United States, we can walk away from the left-right paradigm. 
Start looking to a third party. I tell this to my mom all the time. Mom, if you can't walk away from this whole idea of government, at least start looking into a third party. That's a start. So, back to the bullet point. The fundamental key is understanding that morality is objective. Then Americans and people of the world can start walking the tightrope between right and wrong. And I've been over that. Once again, continuing the bullet points. To be clear, the world would be a better place if humans automatically lived in accordance with objective morality. Meaning it was it, it, that objective morality is an innate characteristic of humans. It would be a better place. But once again, well, let me continue. However, this would not be a state of complete human freedom. The creator made it so humans have the free will to choose whether to align with objective morality or not. That's freedom. That's freedom, folks. The creator has laws that govern the behavioral consequences of large societies of intelligent beings. This is how nature works. See, this is this this is how this is how it works. We have free will. That's an innate characteristic of humans. That's human nature. Human nature is that we have free will and that we make choices and that we can be conditioned. We have to be conditioned properly. We have to be conditioned as children into object and morality. Okay? We have free will and we have to be, we humans, especially as children, have to be conditioned properly. But you know what? Once again, even as adults, we can condition ourselves. I did it. I was I was subjectively moral. I changed I changed to objectively moral. It can be done. And so humans innately have free will. We have to be conditioned into understanding objective morality. And when we align with objective morality, there are laws inherent in the universe that apply to to beings with the capability for higher intelligence. And when we behave morally, we get freedom. And when we behave immorally, we get slavery. They're direct, they're directly connected. And, but once again, folks, when I say freedom, it doesn't mean I'm not trying to refer to a utopia here. There, there's going to be problems, especially in the beginning. But once again, this is about the elevation in consciousness. It's about an elevation in consciousness. And we can do this. But once again, I've been honest. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think we're going to get there. I don't think we have enough time. But one can always hope. And I don't just sit back and just live in my own little bubble and do nothing. I, I try to get this out. I, I'm, I'm actively trying to make this happen. But, so I'm going to continue on with the bullet point. Walking a tightrope is a good strategy for a society to start to implement because most people are still apprehensive to the principles of human free will. When Americans start to focus on trying our best to align with objective morality as individuals and focus on the fears of what others could do as well as what others actually do, we can start to work to behave morally. Okay, so we have fears. 
we have fears and I'm going to get into this. It's the fears. It's natural to be, to be concerned about what other people will do. It's natural. But we can't let our fears enslave us. We can't let our fears lead us to self-loathing and hating the fact that we have free will. Free will is a part of us, folks. Free will is a part of us. What does this have to do with walking the tightrope? It has everything to do with walking the tightrope. Because this is how we have to start. We have to, folks, in order to start walking the tightrope, we have to accept that we have free will. We have to accept that. And obviously, from reading from Ralph's article, Ralph and tens of millions of people who think just like him definitely hate free will. They hate it. They hate it. We have to start accepting that we have free will. And that we can use that free will to align with objective morality. And yes, it's it's correct to be concerned about what others could do or, or do do. But we have to start knowing and understanding objective morality, starting to align our society with that, and punish those who transgress against others. And we have to start understanding that there's no such thing as ruling classes, and there's no such thing as people who have the right to do certain, initiate aggression towards people. And no one has the right to do that. An example would be, well, I don't want to get too much into this, but I'm just going to mention this quickly, with the jury duty. I'm all for a justice system. I'm going to get into that. I'm all for dispensing justice, but how can I dispense justice to someone else when I'm, when I'm having an injustice committed against me? I have free will. No one should be threatening me with violence to, to have me make a free will choice to, to make a free will choice to make a to make a choice let me let me start this over no one has the right to threaten me with violence and duress to get me to make a choice that goes against moral free will so if i'm in some jury and i'm there because i'm choosing to be there because i don't want to have violence engaged against me which is immoral or duress engaged against me jail time and community service and all that shit for not being a part of that how can i dispense justice to somebody else in order to give justice, in order to, sp to dispense true justice to someone else, I have to have justice myself. It, it's, it's like, I can't give something to somebody that I don't even have my fucking self. I can't dispense justice when I don't even have it myself because once again, I'm in a position where my free will is being affected. My, my ability to make moral, objectively moral free will choices is being affected. Because if I make a moral free will choice, 
if I make an objectively moral free will choice, and like this is not like what Ralph was talking about. This isn't my vision of freedom. This isn't my vision of freedom. It is objectively moral to not want to be a part of a jury. And folks, I would love to be a part. I'm going to get into this. I, I, I'm, this, I, I don't want to get too much into this, to the whole jury thing. This is, this is about moral free will. And I, I can't dispense justice to somebody when I'm, when I'm a victim of injustice myself, and I, and <clears throat> I'm basically allowing it. So I'm going to get more into that as I get into justice. But when when a society starts to align with objective morality, I'm reading from the bullet point, and correct mistakes, that society can start to understand causal factors for certain objective crimes. We can start to figure out. We can get to the causal factor. Why do people steal? Why do people kill other people? Why do people rape others? Why are people overdosing on opiates? Why are people committing suicide in large numbers? Why are the rates of autism in children increasing? We can start answering these questions objectively and get to the true answers. I'll leave that for you to think about. So to my bullet point, People do not truly want freedom because they are lazy, cowardly, and encapsulated by fear. Yeah, it's just true. To the bullet point, people want to be comfortable. Freedom does not mean comfort and leisure. It can, but it doesn't mean that. Next bullet point, walking the tightrope is about a micro-macro solution of true government. True government is self-government. We govern ourselves individually and hold others accountable for their immoral acts. <clears throat> this works on an individual level. And as more individuals apply this, a society will become freer. Here's that equation again. Morality leads to freedom. But once again, freedom does not mean comfort and leisure and fun, but it can. But that's not what it means. Freedom doesn't even mean peace. You can be free and not living in peace. Revolutionary War. The colonists who declared their freedom, they, they, they knew they were free. They knew they had free will and they just declared their freedom. And but they were not living in peace. They were in a war. And of course, Ralph and his minions want to completely destroy that whole part of world history with the Revolutionary War that there was still slavery and destruction of Native Americans. And I pointed that out in my article, as you heard. But once again, the whole idea of the Revolutionary War was to start building on that, to start elevating in consciousness. And we certainly haven't elevated in consciousness. And I'm going to go over that in a video. I don't, I don't want to get too much into that. But people do not want to walk the tightrope of fear. People don't want to walk it. Okay. Um, just going to, like I said in the last episode, I was going to show this chart again and I have a chart up. And for those of you who are, can see the video portion, it's the chart that I showed in the last episode, start walking a tightrope. For those of you who are just listening on audio, I'll just try to explain it again. There's a gray line in the middle. I got a chart 
here and there's a gray line in the middle and there's an arrow going up a gray arrow going up and it's walking the tightrope that's the tightrope that's in the middle and on the on one side of it there's a there's blue there's blue and that is the right correct moral and that's behaviors that do not initiate harm to other sentient beings holding people accountable for their actions self-defense is accepted punishing people for crimes harsh punishment and then moving over to the end of that side of the blue chart is infinite awareness and endless possibilities freedom peace truth true adulthood ecosystem synergy stuff like that and then going back towards the center there's the tightrope the gray tightrope walking the tightrope and then to the other side in the red there's the wrong incorrect immoral and moving from the center moving from the, from the center towards the end of the other side of the chart in the red behaviors that initiate harm to other sentient beings violence against innocent people not punishing people for crimes punishing people for victimless crimes and then as the chart moves all the way over to the end of the chart is total slavery concentration camps brain chips social credit systems permanent wars prohibition rules health mandates human extinction planetary homicide so that's the chart and i mentioned the fears and this is all about fears here and there's fears all in around this tightrope okay the tightrope in the middle there's all fears in and around this tightrope and i may do a fears chart i don't know i was thinking about it but i'm probably not going to but once again i'm showing the tightrope here and the fears are all around in here and in the gray we're facing our fears we're starting to understand our fears we're starting to understand that we all have free will and we're starting to embrace our free will we're starting to love our free will and we're starting to not be so obsessively fearful about what other people could do or are doing we, we start to build more confidence in ourselves and we know that we can defend ourselves and we know that we can dispense justice because we have justice when we have our free will we have justice and then when we have our free will then we can dispense justice we can't we can't give justice if we don't have justice and if we're being coerced against our free will and having our free will having our ability to make moral objectively moral free will choices objectively moral do not initiate harm initiate physical harm to other sentient beings do not support the initiation of physical harm to other sentient beings if we're able to make those moral free will choices and not have them impeded not having to choose between either making a moral free will choice or make and if I, if someone chooses to make a more free will choice, they have violence engaged against them. We're, we're, we have to start removing that. So we have to start staying in that gray area for, and looking to correct the wrong. And that means addressing our fears of the resistance to freedom and free will the resistance to the fact that we humans have free will and that's a part of us and that's what freedom truly is and we can start walking that tightrope and when you move over into the red that's when our fears begin to completely take us over 
when we move into the violence against innocent people, when we move into the total slavery, concentration camps, brain chips, social credit systems, when we move into that, when we move into that, that's our fears completely taking us over. That walking that, we're, 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 we're letting our fears completely consume us. We got to get, we got to start facing our fears. See, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's, it's doing what's right despite our fears. And that's where that tightrope is. We can start doing, once again, we can start doing, we can start doing small little things and correcting small little things and getting on the side of objective morality here with the tightrope. We can start doing little uh, individual you know, moral things like, once again, with the SWAT team raids, 80,000 SWAT teams raids a year, we can cut down on those SWAT team raids. We can start saying, hey, look, only SWAT team raids for absolutely serious emergency situations, like I described earlier in the episode, when it harms being initiated or when someone's initiated harm and they need to be, they need to be punished. We can start walking that tightrope and, and correcting the wrong and not letting our fears consume us. And when, our, when we start to completely face our fears and accept that we have fears, fear is a, fear is a correct emotion. Fear is an emotion that we, that we have to use to help us be aware of, of not wanting to engage in, in immoral activities. And that's where we're, we're around in that tightrope. We're, we're, we're in between the fears that get us into slavery. And we're also into the, the fears that when we face them correctly, the universe rewards courage and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into the right and the moral and the correct. And we'll, we'll face those fears. And I think, See, once again, fear is a natural emotion. Fear is, fear is, is, can be used for good. But when that fear gets too excessive, it's going to kill us and it's going to take us right off the tightrope. And we got to start on that tightrope. And I could really go into this so much more, but I'm just going to make this quick and maybe come back to this and touch on this again, but that'll be it. So... Human, oh, that's a, if you're looking at my bullet point, that's a typo there. It's supposed to be humans. I have human. Humans are headed towards either total extinction or total slavery in the metaverse, which is basically like the matrix. If we keep this resistance to freedom, that's where we're going to end up to the bullet point. Americans and people of the world do not want to walk the tightrope. I stated that tightrope was a temporary solution and a permanent solution. Truthfully, humans should not be walking any tightrope between right and wrong. The only things that should be, the only beings that should truly be walking a tightrope between morality and immorality are children while they are learning objective morality. That's uh, the human, the human race is, is stuck in a state of psychological childhood. The permanent side of tightrope is to just keep in mind that if adult humans make a mistake and behave immorally, we can correct the immoral behavior by walking a tightrope. We could always fall back to that. We could always fall back to that tightrope. We can always fall back to, hey, okay, something immoral happened. Let's not go crazy with this. Let's correct it. Let's grow up. Fucking small children know this shit. Small children know the difference between right and wrong. 
It's time to fucking grow up. Time to grow up and say, okay, something immoral happened. Let's correct that. And let's get that out of our society. Let's not let's not permeate this. Let's not let's not allow this to grow because we're fearful of something. Because we're fearful of, of of Iranians or Russians or viruses, terrorists, whatever the boogeyman is that the television tells people is coming after them. To the bullet point, most Americans do not want to do the work associated with a solution like walking a tightrope between right and wrong and work to stay on a course in the right, moral, right meaning moral. Most Americans want to be passive observers, spectators in their world. Maintaining morality, which leads to freedom, requires people to get involved in their communities. Walking the tightrope requires people to challenge immoral behaviors that are considered legitimate. Currently, there are people who do get involved with community issues. However, most of them avoid challenging legitimate immorality. If they do challenge, it is manipulated, controlled, and most solutions presented only deal with symptoms, not root causes. There's a big one. There's a big one. Dealing with the symptoms. Yeah, there's people that do a lot of community work, try to help out and try to do right things and help people and stuff, but when it comes to the major problems in this in this country and the world, but I'll speak for America, you know, I mentioned them in the last uh, last slide, the, and I've talked about them so many times before: the drug overdoses, the veteran suicides, the suicides of, of all people in America, the autism rates. They just deal with the symptoms and not the root causes, and that's what when we start understanding objective morality, and start focusing on, hey, what's a true right behavior and what's a true wrong behavior, not subjective, objective. We'll start getting to the root to the root of these problems. We'll start getting to the root of the questions that I mentioned in the last slide. Why do people kill people? Why do people rape people? Why do, you know, all, all that kind of shit. We can get to that. We can do, we can get to this. So, that's going to be it for this podcast.